TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. And away we go. We are back. It is The Scoop Podcast, episode 293. It's been a little bit, but happy to be back. A life is complicated, but we persevere. We begin this particular podcast with Gophers pitcher and Woodbury native Max Meyer. Max should be a very high pick in this year's amateur baseball draft. We think it'll be in June. I guess we're officially awaiting word of that. So we'll talk to Max about that and all things in his life right now because a lot has changed since the last time we connected with Max a few months ago. Max, thanks for doing this. Let's let's go back to, to that conversation you and I had it would have been like early to mid-February in, in the old, you know, football, Gophers football indoor. It was, it was a preseason practice, and we had, a, we had a nice discussion. And it really, Max, it wasn't that long ago, but just, like, think about everything that has happened since that point in time. Is it just crazy? I mean, yeah, it is. First of all, thanks for having me. And, I mean, it is crazy how much everything has changed. I've never would have thought in a million years that, uh, my junior season season and these senior seasons would be canceled and it's just crazy how how everything works but it really puts everything into perspective that you know it's just a game and there's a lot of a lot more things that matter more than that around the world take us back to the moment when you found out the rest of your season would be canceled it was the i mean we were all sitting in the locker room and we saw you know LSU that series got canceled and we saw stuff starting to get canceled so we kind of knew that maybe maybe or maybe series would get canceled but the whole season to get canceled it was just surreal and it was, I mean it was actually on my birthday and it was just crazy to March 12th I remember that day I was like it's just my birthday and we got news that the season got canned and I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, and you guys got off to a nice start. I mean, there were there were all sorts of of legitimate expectations with you guys this year, not just because of you, but but how deep the whole pitching staff was. I mean, just so unfortunate, right? That that you guys could have accomplished so much this season. I know we 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 were crazy good in the uh, winter. Our pitchers were just lights out, and our bats. We were putting up a bunch of runs to start the year, and uh, we were starting to figure things out after getting a couple wins. It was great, but. It just didn't seem to work out, I guess, after the season got canceled. All right, so you find out on, on March 12th. The last time you officially pitched in a game would have been, what, a, a few days prior to that, sometime in early March? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, maybe a week before that then because that day we were headed out to uh, Colorado to play Air Force. Yeah, so it was like March 5th or 6th, whatever I guess that Friday would have been. Yeah, probably the 7th, I think. Yeah, was, was the last time that, that you officially pitched in a game. So I guess from that point until now, as we talk here on whatever today is, April 27th, Monday, April 27th, I'm losing track of, yeah. of what day it is, Max. It's easy to do that, but how have you been able to keep keep your arm in, in shape? Yeah, I actually uh, I got hooked up with my boy Patrick Bailey. I actually played on the USA team with him, and he knows some very good friends out in uh, Cary, North Carolina, and I got to meet them when I was at the USA Complex, and they're actually hosting me out here in North Carolina, and then he's also got a really good buddy who owns a little private facility, a workout facility, and he's got everything I need uh, in the weight room, so I've been actually out here 
uh, training for about a month and month and a week or something like that. And I've been on my uh, workout plan that I got uh, this winter that my strength coach Scott gave me. So I've been just putting the ball down, haven't picked up a ball, and I've been just working out. And um, I feel I feel like the best I've honestly ever felt. I'm I'm really strong and got my personal weight up, and I'm feeling good. All right, so what are you up to right now? I'm up to like I'm all over like 195. Sometimes I'll go over, sometimes I'll go under. But that's a good, you know, overall playing weight for you. Yeah, 195. I feel good right now. I'll probably drop to like 190 and just feel strong at that point. And okay, so you're you're in North Carolina. I mean, was was that a tough decision? I mean, heck, did you drive to North Carolina? Did you hop on an airplane? Yeah, I, I hopped on an airplane, and um, I mean, there was like. 10 or 15 people on that flight but you know my my mom sent me an extra pack of wet wipes and I was able to stay you know healthy and didn't didn't get the coronavirus when I was coming down here so I was all set and and uh, so down there I mean they have everything you need and and your interaction is is pretty limited in terms of you know being around uh, you know many people yeah it's awesome I I got set up with a car so uh, I can just uh Go go from the host family's house, drive over to the facility. There's one other guy working out there, and that's Patrick Bailey. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much just a couple guys in contact. And I've actually been golfing a little bit, and that's actually been really fun, too. You, just one person at cards. So, I mean, I've been, I've been staying pretty busy, but, yeah, limited contact. And in terms of, of pitches you're throwing, I mean, is it like 60 60- pitches every three days i mean i guess what is what is the regimen on a on a week-to-week basis i've actually i haven't even touched the ball since the season ended i oh. i'm i'm just focused on getting stronger on my five five days a week lifting program so uh yeah i haven't i haven't touched the ball since uh the last time i pitched versus uh utah i guess i mean is that crazy and i mean is that just is that the plan that you lean on on the experts around you and they've told you hey you're fine. The last time you threw a baseball was whatever that was, March 6th, March 7th, and there's really no reason for you to throw right now? Yeah, we've, we've kind of talked about everything, and I'm a guy that I, I don't really need too much to get back going. I'll, I'll for sure have to start the return to throw program that my pitching coach, Ty McDevitt, gives me. But, uh, yeah, as of right now, everyone everyone's with it. I'm just working on getting stronger again, getting my strength back, and uh, yeah, I think we made the right decision, and I'll be able to. I'll be ready to throw whenever that day comes. What are your emotions, Max? You know, just thinking about the possibility that you'll never throw a collegiate pitch again. I mean, it's it's a bummer the way that season the season ended, and uh, how close I was to all those guys and all the memories. But I mean, you know, professional baseball. Uh, it's it's been my dream ever since I've been a little kid. So uh, that'd be. I mean, I wouldn't even know what to think uh, when that day comes. I mean, think about all that's changed since you were a draft pick out of high school. The Twins, the local team, took you out of high school. You know, you decide to to play collegially, not sign. I mean, you know, that's that's not atypical when when you go as as late as you did thirty something round. You know, but just think about how much you've improved your stock over the last few years. Yeah, I saw. I remember seeing a video that like prep baseball sent out about my like sophomore year. I think in high school and. Compared to what I'm at now, and huh, it's been crazy to see kind of my my body change, and I don't know, I probably put on like 40 pounds, and 
I just feel really good. But yeah, I mean, I've come a long way. I, I still got a long way to go too, but yeah, it's crazy to see all these changes. Your slider. I was talking to Sean Johnson, somebody you may know, twin scouting director who's yep. who scouted professionally for many, many years. I mean, double-digit years. He told me the other day, Max, that in all his years of scouting, he can't recall a better slider. There's been comparable sliders, but but he can't recall scouting a better slider than the slider you have. I mean, when did you learn that slider, and how have you been able just to, to keep getting it you know, to the point it is now? Um, yeah, I've always, I've always had a good feel for throwing any pitch I have. And, um, I just think the slider, that's the one pitch that I've always had, uh, hundred percent confidence in throwing in any count, whether it's O two or three O. Um, I've just been able to throw that. I just have a great feel for that pitch. And uh, it's kind of just like, it's, uh, it's just so easy for me, I guess, to throw. Um, and yeah, I've been working on it, changing, changing up the grips throughout the years. I just started uh, doing the spike for about a year and a half now, and that feels really good. I can throw that on two different planes and take some velocity off and put it back on. And I mean, I just have great confidence with it, and yeah, it feels feels really good always. Usually, I mean, it has to be intimidating being in the batter's box with that slider, then knowing you can also dial it up to what ninety eight, ninety nine when you have to. <laughs> I guess yeah, something like that. I mean, you know, you just mentioned, you know, seeing something or a clip when you were a sophomore in high school. Like, what was your velo then compared to your velo now? I think it was in, in high school. They had that video sophomore year. I think it was like 80 to 82. And then um, they put the clip of the junior year one and uh, it said, what, like 97, 99, hit 100 a couple times. And yeah, it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, how... How do you make that sort of leap? I get it. It's it's physical maturation in in many ways. You know, like those are your your prime years of just building up your body, but I mean, how do you do that from 10th grade year to jump up about 19 miles per hour where you are now? Yeah, obviously most of it's just getting stronger and you know, developing your body more, but I also think a big thing is just being surrounded by guys who, who also want to throw harder. We had, we had a bunch of guys who were up here throwing low, mid-90s, and every single year, you know, everyone wants to be the hardest thrower on the team and, you know, just competing uh, every day with, with the guys on your team. It's, it's just it's so good for you. And uh, I, was able to, I was able to get to where I am now by just trying to compete and try to be the hardest thrower on the team. One other thing, Max, that, that Sean told me that, that jumped out is, you know, they pick a 27. He said it's unrealistic. Like, you're not, you know, unless something shocking happens, you're not getting to their pick at pick 27. I guess, what, what are you hearing right now about your draft buzz? Um, I mean, I've been talking to, you know, I've had Zoom calls with uh, some teams. And, you know, I mean, just look at MLB mock draft, I guess it's, if you want, I guess anywhere in the in the top ten, um, top ten picks is what I'm hearing right now. But you never know when draft day comes; anything can happen. Have you had Zoom chats with with just about every team that picks in the top ten from one on down? Um, I should be. I think by the time that the draft comes, I'll talk to most of them. But I've been having a couple every every week, keeping me busy and stuff like that, just checking in on me. So yeah, it's fun to. You know, after these 
uh, calls to just think about, you know, what the what position I'm actually in and how, how grateful I am for it. And do you have an advisor working on your behalf to just help you navigate this process? Um, not right now. I haven't chosen one yet. I mean, is that just a crazy process? I can only imagine how many how many different agents slash advisors are trying to to find a way to represent you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've pretty much narrowed it down to one. But I mean, as far as the whole NCA things go, I I don't know how much I can say on that part. But yeah, but definitely have have one in mind. Do you have any sort of clarity on on exactly how the how the draft will look like Sean told me another thing Sean told me was he hopes it's 10 rounds, not five. He thinks it'll be in June, but like they're waiting for some clarity on that. Like, do you have any sense how, how this process will play out? Um, I think that, you know, what I'm hearing too is five rounds, but I'm thinking they're going to go to 10. I've also heard, but yeah, I think five to 10. I think if I had to be a bad man, I'd probably 10 rounds and, I hope it's 10 because there's a lot of really good talent in in college baseball right now, and uh, it's only fair that those guys get their shot too. And, I mean, is is the sense that it will still be in June? Yeah, I haven't haven't really heard the exact day. I mean, everything's pretty much day by day for for everything in the world right now. So, But, I mean, if I was betting too, I'd say that, you know, the NFL draft went pretty smooth, so maybe they'll keep it the same, but, you know, I, I, I don't know any information, really. It's just uh, what I think, I guess. On that, I mean, did you catch a good amount of the NFL draft over the weekend? And, I mean, did you just visualize what what the moment will be like, you know, with, with you being drafted here in, in the coming weeks? Yeah, it's definitely fun to, you know, think about that stuff. Uh, I guess it's just day by day, though, and I can't control anything right now, so I'm just really focused on striving, just controlling what I can control. Well, you know, when that day comes, that could be pretty fun for uh, my family and myself. I'll let you go after this, Max. I mean, I guess what is what is the plan here in, in the coming weeks? Just stay down there in North Carolina, continue to train, and eventually pick up a baseball? Or at this point, do you not even know when, when you'll throw a baseball? Yeah, I think I'll, I might start throwing here. Like me, we talked about I might start throwing here in the next uh, week or I think next week. Um, I'll, I'll limit the workouts down to three times a week so I can start throwing again. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'll stay here. I'm definitely going to go back, back home and hang out with the family a little bit. Maybe I'll come back here, but you know, everything's really, really day by day right now. So I'm just, uh, I guess focused on one day at a time and seeing what happens after that. Max, stay healthy. Heck, stay sane, right? I mean, mental health is is a big deal right now, and we'll continue to track your your happenings, okay? All right, I appreciate it. Go first pitcher, Max Meyer. I was texting with John Anderson. He's one of many U of M athletic employees who will take the one-week furlough. Anyway, John was telling me that he's been in contact with just about everybody in the top 15, and the vibe undoubtedly is he is not getting to pick 16. Now, something shocking could happen, but it's it's one of those deals where teams are focusing on you know, Max going in the top 15. So if you're picking from 16 on, like the Twins at 27, you're not spending much time on Max Meyer right now because you know you won't have a chance to get him. Max Meyer, future first-round pick, Gophers pitcher, the pride of Woodbury. All right, I'll finish with some Vikings notes, draft-related, plus some current roster-type notes. But let me now get to Kerwin Walton Jr., Hopkins High School, earlier on Monday 
He chose the University of North Carolina. Among the schools he turned down, Richard Pitino and the Gophers. We got into, in my chat with him, my Zoom chat with him, earlier on Monday, why North Carolina, his relationship with Roy Williams, and how hard it was to turn down the University of Minnesota. Here is my chat with Kerwin Walton Jr. of Hopkins. Why North Carolina? I just felt that the atmosphere and the culture of everything was just best suited for me. You know, it's the highest stage of basketball. I felt like if I wanted to reach the next level and be the best me I can, then I think being able to play in a in a place where you'll play the best of the best will be just the best suit, best for me. I mean, when you say, I guess the counter to that is the best of the best, they're coming off a bad year, but you're convinced next year with you in the mix that North Carolina will be the North Carolina of old? I think so, just because I'm just that confident in myself. You know, I'm confident and I know my abilities, I know my strengths and weaknesses, and I know what I can bring to the table. So, yeah, I, I can say out of confidence that, you know, it'll be better next year. What was the relationship like that you built up with Roy Williams as that relationship continues? But what was it like getting to know Roy through this process? I mean, it was great. You know, he's a really he's a really good guy. You know, he's really genuine with what he's what he says and does. Um, I've been keeping in contact with him for a really long time. I think he has a really good special connection with all the players and everybody on his coaching staff. And that's why he's like one of my favorite coaches. Take us back through this process. Like for a while, I thought, you know, going back many, many months, you know, you may land in West Lafayette at Purdue or maybe at Texas, you know, but then those two schools are out of the mix. North Carolina comes into the mix, but like, just take us through the timeline when North Carolina entered the picture. Well, it was kind of like right before my senior season, you know, he came to open gym. Uh, I talked to the assistant coaches a little bit. And, you know, when it came to check out the open gym, he uh, said that he likes how I can make plays and how unselfish I am. And so he would like for me to join the program. And that's kind of where our relationship started. You know, when he saw me and saw the attitude and demeanor I carried for myself, he thought he, that's what he really liked mostly about me. So that's kind of where it all started. I won't claim to have intimate knowledge of, of the Tar Heels roster. I guess just take us through, you know, some of the names, some of the players you'll be playing with and how exactly you fit in. Well, I'll be playing, you know, with all the new freshmen, um, you know, like Caleb and RJ and uh, Walker Kessler, Dayron and Puff. You know, I think they're, they're all going to be really good next year with us, uh, especially with, all, with, the, with the class coming in. It's going to be really tough for us. You know, it's, it's going to be like really special to how we're going to turn this team around. You know, all the, we got the returning guys like Garrison Brooks and Armando who have been playing really well last year. Um, you know, you got Leaky coming back, who's who's like a tall, long guy to add you know, to our athletic build of the team. And I mean, you got some other good guards like Jeremiah. Uh, like we got, we're gonna be, we're gonna be good next year. You know, we got a good front court and back court. How aware of, are you of of North Carolina's storied history? I mean, even going back to you know, well, even pre Michael Jordan, but like I'm thinking about Last Dance being on ESPN the last couple weekends, and and us seeing Michael Jordan win that national championship, and you just think about the Jordan brand and, and the aura, the vibe of Michael Jordan. But even after that, guys like Jerry Stackhouse, who, who recruited you, Rasheed Wallace, and just go up and down the list of all the great North Carolina players. I mean, just having a great legacy, that the North Carolina legacy is just how legendary it is. I mean, it's just really cool to think about, especially when you're on campus and you're like, you're part of that program. You know, I think I see it as kind of like a big family. You know, all the guys, you know, they come back, they support, and we all support each other. So, I mean, that, that's, that's really big time.
just the fact that so many great guys have come through there and, you know, we can just like live up to that. We can try to live up to that. How hard, how challenging was the weekend? I mean, was it a roller coaster? I mean, how crazy was the weekend? I mean, it, yeah, it was super crazy. Um, it was really, really tough to make a decision, you know, because all these programs are really good. And, you know, I really like all of them. I had great relationships with all the coaches and players on each team. I mean, it was really, it was really close and it was really tough. So it was a whole bunch of discussion, discussing with my parents and, you know, my closest people that I know. So it was really tough. Is it true that Kentucky and Gonzaga even came into the picture over the weekend? Um, well, I'm not sure because, like, uh, I haven't talked to either of those programs, so I don't know anything about that. I mean, was there any buzz, though, within your circle that, that other schools were trying to get involved? Maybe. Uh, there was, like, there was a couple of other schools and situations that were trying to contact some of um, the people I know or some maybe even my dad, but I haven't been personally talking to or hadn't established anything with them. Who was the toughest school among your final six? Who was the toughest school to say no to? Well, I mean, they were all really tough to say no to because, you know, I just like them. I just really love them all. You know, I think schools like Minnesota and Arizona and even Georgetown, like those are really, those are super tough to just to say no to just because of the relationship I had with those guys were really close. Um, You know, the hometown, just being, being able to stay home is really tough to leave, like, leave out of that situation, especially when you could become a big impact for those guys and just represent for your state. Um, you know, like, even, like, it's just, it was really tough just to have to, like, separate, you know, myself, separate myself from those guys. Did you call Coach Patino to let him know the news? And if you did, what was that conversation like? It was, you know, it was tough for me to tell him no, just because of the relationship we both had with each other. You know, we were really close. Um, but he said, you know, regardless of where I went, you know, he's going to support me and he's always going to support me. And, um, you know, the hometown is always going to show love for me. So that's pretty much how it went down. The pandemic, the coronavirus, I mean, that's just another layer to, to everything, just the uncertainty. I mean, how how much did, did the current pandemic just complicate things? A lot, actually. It definitely complicated a lot because the fact that I couldn't see or talk to anybody in person really much. Um, coaches couldn't visit me and I couldn't visit them. Um, you know, kind of even, even affected the Georgetown. I couldn't really go down for an unofficial visit or anything. They can't come down to my house and, you know, talk things over. So it kind of did have a big, you know, um, impact on just how things went. How many boxes were there to check? Like I'm thinking about, you know, from, from my local standpoint, Minnesota, like Carlson School of Management. I know that that appealed to you, right? You know, yeah. life after basketball here in Minnesota, cementing your legacy. So, like, there were a lot of boxes to check. How many yeah. boxes total, you know? And, I mean, does North Carolina check literally every box? And, and of the other schools, did the other schools come close to checking almost every box? Yes, definitely. You know, because, I mean, the, what's, what's not to like about all the schools? I mean, there's no wrong or bad decision with any of the schools. You know, I feel like I could thrive in any of the situations. You know, I think. The fact that North Carolina plays on such a big stage and um, they play against the best competition, you know, the ACC produces the best players most of the, most of the time. So, you know, that kind of was a big separator for me. And, you know, and they're known for their rich history of winning national championships and making it deep into the tournament and having legendary players. So, I mean, those are like one of the big separators. 
where do you need to get better? So as you think about, you know, contributing right away, October, November, you know, hopefully we have real basketball, October, November, you know, but as you think about October, November, you, you know, contributing to the Tar Heels right away, snap of the fingers, where, where do you need to improve to ensure that that you get those big time minutes? Well, I'm definitely going to improve physically a lot, you know, just to be able to deal with contact and, you know, guys are going to be really long and tall. So I'm going to have to be able to play smarter. Uh, in order to capitalize on that, you know, I got to make sure my defense is on point because most freshmen, their biggest problems is defense. So I'm going to definitely have to be capitalizing a lot on that. So those are the, pretty much the biggest things I'm going to be focusing on. How much of a sigh of relief do you now feel that this has been a grind? I mean, a lot of kids would love to be in your position, yeah. but it can be stressful. I mean, just what sort of sigh of relief do you have right now? I mean, I, I kind of feel I feel like a whole new man right now, <laughs> you know, just. I'm just really excited just to be able to uh, move on and just think about, you know, being at big impact on the next level. So that's, that's just, that's the main focus. We're going to be just preparing for it. Has it been a roller coaster of emotions, even just not even the college decision? Like I think about, you know, you wanting to try to win another state championship and, and that taken away. Like I think about prom graduation, like you're in this unique situation being a 2020 senior. And just so much, you know, changing. Like, how, how have you been able to deal with everything? You know, as long as I had, you know, my parents and friends to support me, I, I think I would have been okay. You know, I, I am okay. And with them being here, it, it makes everything better. At least I can see my family a lot. So with them there, I, they can help me through anything. Are you ready to, to pack up and, and head to Chapel Hill, you know, whenever that day comes? Hopefully it's, you know, sometime this summer when you can begin summer workouts. but. Are you ready to live away from, from home? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I think, you know, this experience will definitely help me learn and grow as a person and definitely help me mature. And I suppose, I mean, even, you know, just traveling all the time with, with your AAU program, right? I mean, it's not like you haven't been away from, from the Twin Cities, right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really been away, probably not longer, never longer than like a week. That's probably the longest I've ever been away. And, you know, this is going to be like a couple months now. So it's going to be dramatically different. You know, like you can only already imagine I'm going to be calling my parents about every single day and let them, let them know how my day was. So it's going to be different. I'll, I'll leave you with two more. What's your message for Tar Heels fans that are, that are watching this right now, that will watch this, that are, that are super excited? What's your message to them? I'm, just, I'm going to come in. I'm going to try my best. And we're going, to, we're going to try to go for another national championship. We're going to make this the year. And then for just for, for my sake, just being here in the Twin Cities, what would be your message to Gophers fans that, that are upset right now? It was a really, really tough decision. You know, I, was, I was really, really close to just staying home and being, becoming a Gopher and to join my family and what would be the Gopher Nation family. And just being able to leave home, being leaving home was just super tough for me. And, you know, I, I, it was just, I don't, know how to, I don't know how to say it, but, I mean, I appreciate all the love and, all the love they they supported me with all my decision making and I mean that's that's pretty much it. Kerwin, we thoroughly enjoyed watching you play at Hopkins. Heck, even going back to to Breck and and your dad was telling me some cool stories about some of your teammates going back to when you were even in the sixth grade and, and yeah. some of the things those guys are up to and and we'll continue to watch you as you head to Chapel Hill. Thank you. Yeah, sure, appreciate it. Hopkins senior Kerwin Walton Jr. on committing. To the University of North Carolina. I think he is being genuine when he suggests it was a tough decision 
to tell the Gophers, no, I do know the Carlson School of Management was appealing. Life after basketball here was appealing. I think maybe some of the boxes, you know, in terms of, you know, playing style and playing for Richard Patino, maybe not as much, especially comparatively speaking to the offense that Roy Williams runs, you know, just, you know, the development of, of NBA talent in Chapel Hill. I mean, there's a lot to weigh, but hey, congratulations to him. That That is a fantastic spot to be in to have all those prestigious programs wanting you. So Kerwin Walton Jr. on his way to North Carolina. I do know, though, that credit to Patino for for at least making up ground. He was way far behind in the fall. Right now, yeah, I think, you know, if, if there was a runner-up, you know, maybe Arizona, but, you know, or Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota was right there. So credit to Patino for making up some ground from where he was back in September and October and November. All right, let's now transition to a recent conversation I had with Wild General Manager Bill Guerin. Let's just piggyback off what we were just sort of talking about. I mean, how... How are you holding up? I mean, a lot of people are fighting some mental health hurdles. I mean, this is just such an atypical time. How are you holding up through this pandemic? No, I'm doing fine. Hey, listen, um, got my health. Uh, I've got my family with me. We're all healthy, knock on wood. And, um, you know, hey, look at this is a this is a global pandemic. And, um, you know, if you got your health and, uh, you know, we have food on the table and a roof over our head, we're, we're good. And, um, we're just taking it in stride and, um, you know, obviously everybody hopes that this is over at some point in time soon and we can get back to normal life, but we're doing what we have to do. I mean, do you have any sense, I mean, just from your dialogue with Craig, with others in the National Hockey League, I mean, any sort of sense, I mean, is there any level of optimism that, that a season could resume? Well, there's a lot of optimism, um, a ton of optimism actually, but you know, it all depends on, on this, the, the level of safety uh, that we can get to. And, you know, we, we all want to get back to play. We all want to get back to work. Um, but we're not going to do that unless it's safe for everybody involved, for uh, coaches, players, management, uh, fans, people who work at the building. Um, you know, everybody that's involved, uh, you know, needs to be in a safe place for us to do that. And, and that, you know, that takes priority over everything. I mean, in terms of fans, I mean, I think best case, call me nuts, Bill. I mean, best case might be you guys resume, but fans won't be in attendance. Well, that that's definitely a possibility. I mean, I wouldn't rule anything out right now. It's it's really tough to kind of pinpoint things um, just because things change on a daily basis. I mean, it seems like we're going in the right di- direction, and a lot of the social distancing has worked. Um, you know, the last thing we want to do is, is – uh, is, is get a little too cocky and, and jump the gun on things. Um, but we'll, we'll be notified and we'll follow the, you know, the leadership that's in place and, uh, you know, letting us know what's going on. Speaking of kind of tough, I mean, what's the balancing act like of, of what you're doing on a daily basis where you need to be planning for the off season for the draft, but you also need to keep in mind that there is a chance that the season does resume. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're doing all those things. Um, you know, when, when I say we, I mean, our, you know, my close circle of hockey ops guys, uh, Tom Curvers, Chris O'Hearn, Matt Sells, we're, we're, you know, communicating on a daily basis. We're making sure that the scouts are up to, up to speed on everything. We have our, uh, you know, our, our virtual meetings planned for early May. 
Um, you know, so we're ready for the draft whenever it takes place and however it takes place. Uh, we've gotten some prospects signed. Um, we're, we're, you know, in constant contact with, with the players. So we, we're ready for, for pretty much everything and anything. On those prospects that you've signed, I mean, you know, what stands out? I mean, I know the kid from, from UMass. I mean, his numbers were, were prodigious. But I guess what stands out about some of the guys you've signed? You know what, it's just nice to get some of these prospects in the mix and, um, you know, get them under contract. I think when, when that happens, they, they, they have a good feeling about it. They get peace of mind that they're NHL signed players now. Um, for us, we, we get, we've had a nice influx of, of, uh, of prospects, um, and, and that's really what we've needed for the last little while. So, uh, you know, and then to add a college free agent like Mitchell Chafee, uh, always helps, you know, it helps with your depth. And um, he's definitely a kid that we can see, you know, after, uh, you know, a little bit of time, he, he, he could help us. On college free agency, I mean, are you done? Or are you still pursuing some guys? No, we're, we're pretty much done. Um, you know, we, we've, uh, we've kind of gone through that process with the guys that we wanted to. And, um, you know, Mitchell was really the one forward that we wanted to grab. And, and we were, uh, we we're lucky enough to get him. Uh, our college free agent guy, Brian Hunter, does a great job for us. And, uh, you know, lines of communication were real good all season long. And, um, yeah, so that, that, that's really a, a positive move for us. So what's the setup at home? I mean, do you have everything literally that you have in your office just set up at home? Like, did one of the IT guys get to your house before, before all heck broke loose and, and set up a nice home setup for you? Yeah, not quite. Not quite. No, I have my iPad. I have my computer. Um, I have my uh, iPad on a desk right now, which is a uh, a box from when we were moving. Um, and that's been my nightstand for the last five months. So um, it's not, uh, you know, it's nothing fancy, but it works. And uh, we're doing what we have to do. Like I said, you know, four, all four kids are back now. Um, so we're spending a lot of time together, time that we normally don't get. Uh, so we're making the most of it. Yeah, I mean, was that even a scramble to get all four kids back here? You know what? Um, it wasn't too bad because they were approaching their spring break, so we had plans for them to come back anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one kicker was I had one daughter in England um, getting her master's degree, and uh, she held out a, a little longer than uh, than maybe we had planned. but. Um, then she went to our house in New Jersey and quarantined there for two weeks and got here a week ago. So um, everybody happy, healthy. And like I said, we're, we're keeping busy and, and um, you know, doing a lot of cooking, watching a lot of Netflix, going on a lot of walks. Um, it's, it's been, uh, it, we're making the best out of a crazy situation. You say Netflix. Have you seen Tiger King? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thoughts? yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, boy. Oh, big thumbs up. It's just uh, – it's interesting. Some, yeah, I mean, heck, did Baskin – you know, I, yeah. I think people think I live an interesting life, not, not compared to those guys. <laughs> uh, do you think Baskin killed her first husband? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Oh, I yeah. don't know. I mean, there's – yeah, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that, that certainly points in that direction. I'm not quite sure she comes out of that looking positive at all. No. I'm not quite sure anybody does, but she certainly doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, on the health of your team, 
I mean, everybody's good. I mean, is there constant dialogue, the training staff with, with the players just checking in to make sure that they're feeling okay? Yeah, I've talked to probably about 90, 95% of the players personally. Um, I, I, I keep up with them, uh, you know, uh, through our trainer as well, our strength and conditioning uh, coach, our athletic trainer. They're always in contact with these guys if problems come up. They're all doing their, uh, their own different versions of home workouts and because, you know, they, different guys have different access to things. Um, but from what I can tell and from what I'm being reported back, guys are, guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, uh, you know, I, I trust them all. They're, all. they're all professional. They're all good guys. Um, so I'm confident that when we get going again, they'll be ready. Any guys have access to ice? No, that's the one thing. And I know uh, speaking to uh, Victor Rass the other day, he said a lot of the gyms in Sweden have opened back up um, so they can use those. But the, the ranks were still the one thing that, um, that were closed. Um, so I, I haven't heard of, of anybody in, the wor- you know, in, in our world um, you know, being able to skate. Was it an easy decision or did you have any say? I mean, when guys wanted to go home and home in Rask's cases, is Sweden, Zuccarello is many, many miles from here. I mean, you got a lot of guys overseas. Was it one of those deals where once things shut down, you couldn't control what these guys wanted to do, and if they wanted to go home, you let them go home? Yeah, yeah, can't really control that. Um, you know, they're going to do what they have to do. And, um, you know, you can't blame them. They want to be around family. They want to be, uh, you know, in their home country in a time like this. And I, I really don't blame them. Um, I did try to encourage them to maybe stick it out a little bit longer. Um, just because we were at the beginning stages of it. And we didn't know really what to expect. But when it really got serious, you know, just just go home and, and be around be around your loved ones. And I think that's most important in a time like this. How much stronger is the bond between you and Dean over these last few weeks, just, you know, getting to know him a little bit more, you know, especially off the ice? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, Dean's a great guy. We've had a good relationship all year. Um, you know, we, we try to stay in touch as best we can. And, um, you know, he's done a heck of a job for us too. Um, it's a shame that we had to end when, you know, on the, the, we were trending the right way. Um, and Dean was doing a really, really good job for us. So, um, yeah, we've got a good relationship and, uh, you know what, if we get going again, he'll, he'll be behind the bench and, um, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, get back on the ice at some point in time. And, uh, you know, he can finish what he started. And hopefully you can conduct at some point a normal coaching search that will include Dean. But, like, I'm trying to think of how do you conduct a coaching search in in this environment? Yeah, it's one of those things that we're going to have to kind of take day by day. And, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to force anything. It's it's not the right time to do it right now. It's it's almost impossible to to really do one effectively, I think, because I – believe in doing things like that, uh, you know, face to face, not, not over the computer. Um, so we're, we're just going to see how things play out. Did I see that, that your Russian prospect has, has new representation? Well, he's looking for it. I mean, does he's, that uh, impact anything? Does that matter? Not really? Not really. Um, you know, I've, I've had good communication with Kirill and, um, you know, I know he wants to be here next year. We want him here. Um, this is just something where he's got to, you know what, he's got to make sure that he makes the right decision for him and picking representation. And, um, you know, there, there's no rush on our end, just as long as 
he and I keep in, you know, in, in constant communication, I'm okay with that. I mean, could you even sign him? Like, what are the rules? Could you sign him here in the, in the coming weeks if you wanted to? Yeah, May 1st. May 1st is the date. And, uh, you know, but like I said, there's no rush. It, it's, it's something where, you know, he's got to take his time and, and do the, the proper steps to, to finding good representation because it's extremely important for a young player. And, um, you know, when he figures that out, we'll, we'll proceed. I'll let you go after a couple more. I mean, you touched on it briefly. I mean, you guys were playing so well, you know, that win in Anaheim and, and things were clicking. Then all of a sudden things shut down. I mean, out of your control, but just so unfortunate the way you guys were trending. Yeah. I mean, uh, the guys were playing great. Things were going well. Um, but like you said, this is out of our control. This is something we can't, um, we can't let it eat us up. Uh, on the positive side of that is that we were playing well. We were trending the right way. And we've got to believe in ourselves that that's the real team, that that's the real, uh, you know, expectation level that we need to have for this team. It's not, you know, we're, we're not just a vanilla team that's going to, you know, kind of, you know, float on the, the, you know, the edge of the playoffs every year. We have to expect more from ourselves. And the, the team that we've been the last 10, 11 games, that's what we need to expect all the time. I'll leave you with this. What would be your message, Bill, for Wild fans just, just starving for hockey, starving for, for some level of, of normalcy? Hey, you know what? They're, they're putting a lot of good content on, on TV with some of the older games. You know what? Stay home. Stay healthy. This will all pass. We'll be back on the ice soon playing in front of our great fans. Have any of your games been on? I haven't, I haven't tuned into yeah, the NHL them. Network. So, yeah? yeah, a couple of them. Nice. A few back in my Jersey days and then some with my old, the, the Penguin days too. They, they've been on. Some of the old ones look like slow motion. <laughs> but still fun to go down memory lane? Absolutely. It's, it's, honestly, it's been a blast watching some of them. That was my recent conversation going back a few days with Wild General Manager Bill Guerin. The XL Energy Center has come up in the league office as potentially hosting games, but as one Wild player told me on background, the Players Association needs to approve any plan. So we have to get to a point where where we know that, that the players' well-being is, is first and foremost, and it is, but like in terms of, of being able to test guys, you know, just like that, you know, with, with tests being readily available, you know, then what is the plan if, if somebody does test positive? I mean, there's just, there's so many different layers, so many different complicated things the league has to figure out. But there are a lot of people like Bill that do believe at some point, maybe it's six weeks from now, eight weeks from now, but that the season will resume. Then if they need to push back the start of next season, they can do that. All right, let me wrap up. With a few notes, I had a lengthy conversation earlier today with B.J. Armstrong, former Bulls guard. If you're watching Last Dance, he was he was featured last night, Sunday night, during episode, I can't remember if it was three or four. He won three championships with the Bulls in the early 90s. We had a nice, nice conversation, like 35, 36 minutes worth. I'll bring that to you on a future Scoop podcast. But it was fun going down memory lane with the former Iowa Hawkeye, Heck, he represents guys now, so he's a great resource. I mean, he represents former Wolves guard Derrick Rose. He's got some other clients, so B.J. Armstrong's still heavily involved in the NBA, but it was fun going down memory lane with just everybody watching or a lot of people watching this Last Dance documentary. Can't wait for Sunday night for parts five 
and six. The word is from people that have seen all 10 episodes that it gets better as it goes on. I'm not quite sure how you top episodes three and four. I think three and four were better than one and two, but people say it just keeps getting better and better. So I will bring you that BJ Armstrong conversation on a future podcast. On the Vikings, Dalvin Cook was in today for virtual offseason activities. Anthony Harris, no. Anthony Harris isn't under contract. He hasn't signed his franchise tag. He still wants a long-term deal. Talks will pick up in the near future again. Talks did pick up a few weeks ago. The Vikings want Anthony to sign in some ways a team-friendly deal. Anthony is looking for a little bit more. I think the sides can eventually find a happy medium, but right now, They have not, but yeah, I mean, there's no reason. Anthony Harris isn't under contract. It's not mandatory. So Anthony Harris not taking part, at least right now, in virtual offseason activities. Last I heard, he was with his mom in the state of Virginia. Although virtual, it doesn't matter where the heck you are. Like I was talking to Monty Hooker the other day, Tennessee Titan Safety Park Center High School, University of Iowa. He's with his girlfriend right now in Iowa City. So whether he's in Nashville, Iowa City, Minneapolis, it really doesn't matter when you can do all this at least right now, virtually. On the Vikings draft, they tried to move up from 22. Peter King had the note in his Monday morning quarterback column that the Vikings reached out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trying to get up to 14. They also talked to the 49ers trying to acquire pick 13. So the belief is that Tristan Wirfs of Iowa is somebody the Vikings think the world of. Now, was he the specific target? Could it have been C.D. Lamb? of Oklahoma, maybe somebody else, possibly. I heard they had a healthy grade on Chason, the edge rusher from LSU. They also liked A.J. Terrell, the cornerback from Clemson. So I think if if those guys were all on the board at 22, they could have been facing an interesting decision. But the way the board fell, when Worfs goes, when Lamb goes, when Terrell goes, when Chason goes, Jefferson was an easy pick for the Vikings. I know the Vikings are very happy that the Eagles went with a different receiver at 21. So the Vikings very, very happy that they landed Justin Jefferson. Jeff Gladney would have been their pick at 25. Savvy trade to move back. It wasn't easy to make trades over the weekend. So credit to the Vikings for finding a trade partner there to move from 25 to 31 with the 49ers after they had talked to the 49ers earlier in the evening about moving up to the 49ers spot in the teens. Then the Vikings tried to move up from 58 I understand that the target was Ezra Cleveland, so they got their guy. So even if they had moved up to 51 or 52, in all likelihood, the buzz is Ezra Cleveland was their guy. They were all about finding an offensive lineman on Friday early after they did not get one on Thursday. So they got their guy staying at 58, Then they tried to get up from 89. The belief is it was for a defensive lineman. Now, was it for the Oklahoma defensive lineman or the Missouri defensive lineman? He went just one pick before Jordan Elliott. That I don't know for sure. I know they liked the Oklahoma defensive lineman who went like early 80s, I believe. I don't have the specific spot in front of me. But the belief is if they had moved up from 89 instead of taking Cam Dantzler, they would have gone with a defensive lineman. So that was the goal. But hey, it takes two to tango. But Trader Rick was trying to be aggressive there, trying to get up from pick 89. The Vikings did guarantee over $100,000 to two Undrafted free agents, the wide receiver from Texas A&M, the cornerback from Central Florida, that's pretty rare. I'll be curious to find out how many other teams guaranteed six figures to two different undrafted free agents. I've heard a lot of good things about the Texas A&M wide receiver. You know, they took a wide receiver, what, late fifth round, a kid from Miami that was a transfer 
from Buffalo. I know Matt Collar wrote a, a nice lengthy piece about KJ Osborne on, on scorenorth.com. My sense is that Davis has a better chance long term than Osborne. Now, who knows? You know, would they feel like they need to keep a fifth round pick versus an undrafted free agent? That will all play itself out in the future. But just talking to, to some different league people, it was a consensus that, that the Vikings did better getting the undrafted free agent from Texas A&M Davis compared to using a fifth-round pick on Osborne. All right, we will wrap up this particular episode. It's nice to be back. I don't know when I'll produce another episode. Hopefully soon. Maybe I'll try to time it where it makes sense to do it heading into the weekend with my B.J. Armstrong interview, or maybe I do it coming out of next Sunday into Monday. It's all fluid. Heck, who knows what what the world will will bring us in the coming days. But it is good to be back in front of the podcast microphone. I should be on with Mackie and Judd at 5 o'clock on Tuesday. I have been doing my regular Tuesday hits with Mackie and Judd. So if you missed any scoops from the last couple weeks, you can always go back and podcast their Tuesday 5 o'clock hour. I think one week I did Wednesday at like 4.30. Regardless, I have been making my regular weekly appearances with Mackie, Judd, and Romney. So I'm still around. If you watch Channel 5, you see me on TV the last few Sunday nights. And I have my Scoop TV version Thursday nights during the 6 o'clock news, specifically at 6.50. I'm still producing pieces that air regularly on Channel 5, so hopefully you watch Channel 5 if you're in the Twin Cities, in our viewing area somewhere in the Twin Cities vicinity, or you can always catch a lot of what we do, kstp.com backslash sports. But for now, we are done. This has been Scoop Podcast Episode 293. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. With Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you'll find top brand kitchen appliances with innovative features that can do more so your holidays can be more. Ovens with built-in air fryers for baking the perfect cookies. Dishwashers with smart tech to clean everything from bakeware to festive mugs. And high-capacity refrigerators to keep leftovers fresh. Shop Black Friday savings and get up to 30% off, plus instantly save up to $750 on select GE kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid November 2nd through November 30th. U.S. only. See store or online for details.